Hello and welcome back to the Youth Trends podcast from Voxburner. This week we're talking with Josephine Hansen, Managing Director of Insight and Research Agency YouthSight. Josephine will be talking at YMS London this April about the global and cultural influences of Gen Z. This morning, however, she shares her views on what brands are getting right and wrong when targeting this powerful generation of new consumers. Hi, Josephine, it's Richard Hi. here. This would be really great to introduce yourself and who you are, who you work for, and a little bit about your role. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Richard. So, so yes, I'm, I'm Josephine Hansen. For my sins, I'm a researcher. I work at, at YouthSite, which is an insight agency and a panel company, actually, that's based in Shoreditch in London. My role, I guess, is a bit of everything as I'm MD of the insight agency. But I guess what we, we do, in essence, is trying to help clients better understand Gen Z and millennials or the under 30 market to do a few things. So often it's to stay relevant. So trying to keep them plugged into youth culture or improve targeting. So when, where, how to speak to young people. But we also sort of get involved in, in media things. So we often work with governments to help them understand young people and those tricky issues like student finance or sex education or or even universities, we work with a lot of universities trying to help them hit those recruitment targets sort of with kind of attraction and conversion. So we do we do quite a lot of things, but I guess everything is focused on that under 30 market and that's kind of what we bring to the table and why we're speaking at YMS. Sure. And your background has always been within the youth space? Hmm. Well, yeah, but again, um, I, I am a kind of traditional researcher, so yes, I've I've worked in youth research maybe for sort of five, six years now at YouthSite, but previously I worked for one of the big four agencies, and there I was definitely uh, sort of working exclusively for government departments, helping them understand the public. And then before that, I worked a little bit for a political consultancy. So always always been focused on, on people and what they think, but um, only of the last five years have I really been uh, focusing on the youth space. Which is really, I've never felt as old <laughs> as, as I do now working working in youth research, but um, it, I guess it keeps me young. I was going to say, yeah, it keep, keeps you young, absolutely. Joseph, I know you, you mentioned briefly that, yeah, you guys are going to be talking at YMS this year in London um, in April. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe your keynote is entitled, 10 Unexpected Ways Gen Z Will Change the World. Are you able to give give us a bit of a, a taster of what to expect from your session? Well, I'd hope to think that you should be expecting the unexpected uh, <laughs> from my title, but I guess it's really a reflection on the work we do as an agency. I think we're in quite a unique position where we work with, with client teams, with marketing teams, whether that's for a, a bank or a football club or an energy drink. So we have all these different sort of lenses that we bring on to our our work in the youth space and we're able I guess to connect the dots and maybe challenge and push the envelope a little bit on what might seem obvious and that's really what I'm going to try and do at the conference it's not about trends I know there's going to be loads of trends at the conference so um, I'm not going to get involved with that but I think our take on it this year is really to go beyond the trends and question what it's going to be like to live in the future, that uh, this Gen Z future. So, you know, how 
How are we going to love one another? How are we going to buy things? Who are we going to trust? It's going to be really future-facing. Excellent. And, and I, I believe it's, it's morning, day one, so a great way to kick off, to kick off the festival, really setting the tone. So there's many stereotypes that we often hear in the media around Gen Z. Are there any that you regularly hear that you think are, um, you know, are, are, are totally wrong, that you really disagree with? I guess one sort of bugbear that I, I do have, it's probably worth putting out there, is that I think everyone looks at youth or young people today through the eyes of their, their own experience. And I'm sure that your your teenage years were very different to my teenage years and, and are very different to young people today. You know, being young in the 80s or the 90s or, or even the noughties, you know, the, the things that you got up to, how you communicated with your friends, the amount of freedom that you had from your family to, to do the things that you wanted to do are all very different. And I sort of like to take clients on a journey whenever we work with them to kind of help them understand that, yes, um, Start, the starting point of your own youth is a great place to kind of understand today's youth, but I have to challenge so many expectations. You know, we we've all heard they're they're drinking less, they're they're going out less, smoking less, having having less sex. You know, all of these kind of traditional um, rebellious things that that are supposed to come with uh, your teenage years are just things that are, are really really not there with young people today, or at least not in the same way. And and rebellion is very much we see it as um, sort of irreverence to the time that young people are living in rather than trying to change the system. They, they just laugh at the system. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something that is top of mind for me that I like to always challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not always as accurate as people, as people like to think, maybe, for sure. Um, and, and, and on that, which brands at the moment, whether you, know, you work with them or you've seen, seen them around, do you think are really the most exciting and engaging and, and are creating you know, really relevant campaigns for this audience and anything that sort of springs to mind off the top of your head? So exciting and relevant, okay. Um, <laughs> or maybe um, just exciting and then relevant, you know, it might not be, <laughs> they might not be together. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's probably, yeah, that's probably what I would, would say. I think that some brands do exciting really well, but it's often just, just a one-off. It's, you know, a big bang. Um, while others that do relevant well, I'd say that uh, that's, that's more of a consistent play on, on the way that they communicate. If you're relevant, you often have a, a kind of clear brand. And, and you're able to make that connection. One one brand, I guess, that does come to mind that has done really well in this space is Glossier, which is um, a kind of online uh, beauty retailer. They're just so great online. I think you could probably even call them an Instagram brand because they're just so visual and, and they're they're so relevant right now. They like, recruited an army of passionate makeup enthusiasts to talk about their brand, and that obviously is super relatable beyond what. You might think of influencer marketing or micro influencer marketing. They they took it to the nano influencer. If you're gonna gonna go there with, with these labels, and their brand is so Instagrammable. They've kind of got this really pared back aesthetic to the brand. You know the pastel colours, the sans-serif fonts. They've got kind of cute, kind of really millennial gender names for their products like boy brow or cloud paint and the experience that they they give is so consistent that you you buy their products and that they arrive in a pink kind of ziploc bubble wrap bag um they give you stickers so 
I guess they're really great at remaining relevant, really plugged in to what's going on. And I think I read just, just yesterday, actually, that they've been tipped by the New York Times to be a future unicorn startup. So that's with a valuation of over a billion dollars soon. And previous previous kind of tips from the New York Times were things like Uber and Airbnb. So it's that the relevance is all about being that kind of steady eddy but as i said at the beginning to be to be exciting you have to be that peacock you have to be really tapping into what's happening in culture at the moment and i think that's an interesting but really risky space for marketers at the moment sort of overreaching is is something that we've seen quite a lot of i, I don't want to sort of go into too much detail but I'll, I'll just kind of mention the, the Gillette ad that has completely divided generations and genders over the last couple of months and I think the jury's out as to whether they've done done well there but have they succeeded in getting people talking about it I guess yes um, so it, it's just we're just waiting to see if it what impact it's had on sales that's what we're all holding our breath for but again it's this kind of um instagram world but i think airy um who are a kind of an under underwear brand are really good in the space of actually they've got a, a big campaign at the moment and it's all about real role models it's putting the role models through a kind of female gaze not a male one so that the underwear that you see is definitely in in a fun kind of friendly way rather than a kind of sexualized way and they've partnered with a lot of very current big names out there at the moment that are not necessarily sort of people who are starring in movies or, you know, sort of A-list celebrities. You've got Jamila Jamil, who's a UK star, actually. So she's, yeah, yeah she's on the good, the good Place on Netflix. But also she's, I guess, been chosen because she's really anti-airbrushing and really talks about the unrealistic expectations put on young girls today you've got busy phillips who was in dawson's creek which i guess you and i probably were big fans of back in the day um but she's revived her career on instagram by sharing her real life and she's now got a tv show and samira wiley from orange is the new black who is gay and black and sort of really wanting to give uh black gay females a role model and someone to look up to so it's interesting, and I know that the student room at YMS are going to be talking about role models after me, so it's worth hanging around if you've seen me to, to listen to, to what they're going to say, because, I, yeah, I think that it's a very interesting place at the moment, and, and young people probably need people to look up to, but whether they're finding the right people is, I think, an interesting thing to debate. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for that. And, and just sort of my final thought, no vegan sausage rolls then from Greg's. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's made an impact. I, I, the other day I was walking past London Bridge Station, there was a queue out the door from exactly. the Greg's in the station, so it's definitely made an impact. And I think, I think for, for the youth demographic, it's great, but again, I think it's been divisive with those, those older, um, they don't quite get it. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> um. So, uh, it feels like you've got quite a, a strong position on on the sausage roll there. I think I'm probably one of the biggest Greg's fans in North London. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they're, look, they're firm fans of YMS as well, which is even better. Um, <laughs> so, you know, at YMS, our youth panelists that we you know have year in you know year out always say to our audience that the brands need to listen to young consumers better to understand what they want. What advice? would you give the marketers listening to this podcast as to how they can hit that youth demographic directly? I guess it's never been 
easier to hear from young people, I guess. There's an argument that there is an awful lot out there. I'm sure many of the brands listening, you know, they have their own social listening tools. Young people are not shy about connecting through social media and, and complaining or giving feedback about products and services. But the way to really have, have impact from insights is really to put some sort of structure around what you're finding and what you're collating to make that impact internally. At site. I guess as, as an insight agency, we're, we're really seeing ourselves much more as curators than researchers going forward. It, it, there's just so much out there about young people at the moment. And, and YMS, to some extent, is, is evidence of that in itself. It's moved from a, a one-day conference to a two-day festival, and, and brands are just so eager to learn about what is going on with with Gen Z. But often it's hard for them to differentiate between what is useful and what's not and who's got an angle and who hasn't. So we've got an insight tool called State of the Youth Nation that's been tracking youth culture since 2015. And I'll be using some of the insights from that, that tracker in my talk, but it's important to be able to find those trusted sources to help you navigate those insights. And On top of that, I'd also recommend marketers think about not just the sources and and, and being able to trust where they're getting their information, but also involving young people in the process rather than just simply using them as a way to gather information. Back in 2014, I think it was, um, that's when I first spoke at YMS about building co-creation into research projects, which is all about bringing young people and uh, key stakeholders to to come together to bounce issues and ideas off each other. But I guess since then, now it's 2019, what what we do at Youthsite is we build that co-creation into the way that we debrief to clients. So it's not just that we share our insights with clients. So that's all the trusted information, our recommendations and and, uh, um, I guess our view on the way forward to kind of help them. We're also... After we've done that debrief, we bring young people into the room immediately to work with key stakeholders, so young people in the boardroom with key stakeholders to kind of challenge some of the things that we've said, float some of the initial ideas that they may have had from our debrief, and really ask some of those complex issues that are going on in their minds immediately with young people. And I I guess we're able to do that because we've got the panel, but the purpose of it is is really allowing clients to have that interaction with young people. As I say, it's easy to read about them all day long, but often people who are making these really big kind of strategic decisions haven't had much face time with young people. And so by adding this element of, I guess, experience, it helps demystify and give them a face of a young person when they go back to their desk. To, to visualise when they're making important decisions for a generation that they're mo- more often than not mo- not part of. Mm-hmm. Sure. Leads quite nicely into my final question is, what advice would you give marketers of how they can get that insight and put it directly into action to, to, to reach these young consumers? It's that saying, so you only get out what you put in. So from, from our point of view as, as an insight agency, we're always sharing what we think is surprising or thought-provoking or challenging. And we're giving that over to our clients and we're kind of hoping that these stories will transform their organisation. But ultimately, it's up to the, the client to action those things that, that we share with them. And it's about how clients can ensure that they understand the context of the environment that they're working in as well as the 
the insights that we're sharing. So you can't launch a campaign or a service or a product even without testing it and how it will land. So if you're wanting to understand how you can put these insights into action, you really have to kind of have a litmus test before you put them out there. So it's great to do all the groundwork. It's great to come up with your strategy, uh, work with your, your agencies to come up with what you're wanting to put out there. But I guess my advice would always be for marketers to build in a pause just before you, you launch, just to check that you're doing the right thing and it will last because youth culture moves so quickly. It was the undoing of, of Pepsi last year, for example, with the, the Kendall Jenner um, yeah. unwoke campaign. And it was an internal ad that they made. They They made it so quickly. They didn't build in time to test it with young people and they just had to put it in front of a handful of young people who would have instantly told them that they need to think again. And um, it, it's, it's not expensive. It doesn't, it doesn't really take a long time, but it, it would definitely be the right thing to do. Yeah, t- take that pause and stand back a bit and, and sort of assess, you know, is this really talking to, to young people could often get kind of wrapped up in what you're doing? It's, it's, it's natural, you know, we're, we're all business people at the end of the day and we're here to, to deliver on whatever remit we've been given. But we work in a really interesting kind of environment where it's kind of the apex of fast-moving trends. It's also sort of really fast-moving consumer goods that are being developed and being pushed out really immediately. And then there's this world of social media that, that just keeps on going. You know, it never stops. You can't pause. So... it's it's very easy to to get an idea and it might be the best idea but you just have to make sure that your timing's right yeah absolutely Josephine thanks very much and a a couple of final like quick fire ones um, oh okay yeah at at the ready and Josephine what would you say has been the the highlight of your career so far oof well I don't necessarily think I'm at any lofty heights but um, I, I would I'd like to mention a project that we worked on recently, which I think was a career highlight as a, as a project. We worked with uh, the FA to try and help them sort of reimagine the FA Cup and make it more Gen Z. So it was it was just super interesting and, and it was great, obviously, to be asked by the FA to help with this. And it's it's all sort of leading into a rebranding exercise for them. So it was really getting them closer to young people, understanding. Firstly, sort of what it means to be a football fan and how important football is to them. But we tried to get them closer. So um, we did friendship triads, which are where you're sort of sitting with three friends and listening to them talking about football. And it's all about understanding the banter, how it kind of fits into people's lives, but in that that truly kind of effortless way. And it's, it's not until you understand that that you can really try and connect and create a new brand that can kind of nod its hat to those kind of unspoken behaviours, attitudes, but also language. So I I absolutely love that project. Um, everybody on the team who was a football fan loved that project. And, and obviously going and debriefing at, at Wembley was, was, was fun as well. Nice highlight, excellent. And your favourite app on your phone and why? Oh, this one's not... It's not that sexy, um, but it it definitely helps me because, as I say, there's so much out there. Um, You know, I always have to be up to date with what's going on with uh, millennials and Gen Z and what's being put out um, on the Internet. So I use an app called Pocket, and it allows me to save web pages 
uh, to my phone to read later. So I don't have a million tabs open on my desktop when I'm at work, you know, on my computer. And I guess that that just helps me. I feel I feel smug about that, and I feel like you know I. I can go on the tube when I haven't got any internet and, and still read something really worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, look, I think it's probably my top four, so, you know, we're in good company. Oh, top four! Top, top yeah. four. Um, <laughs> something that few people know about you. Oh, I, I'm i on BuzzFeed. I'm on a BuzzFeed list. It's not exactly me. It is me. I'm there. You'll see me. But I, I got married in London, and um, pictures of my wedding have been listed in the, of the venue, which is the, one of the top ten venues in London. So if you want to see me on my wedding day, just just Google Google me, uh, or in fact, just go to BuzzFeed. You can see me being being extremely happy. Oh wow! This is my next action post. This recording. <laughs> so, what are you uh, most looking forward to at your time at YMS uh, London this April? Well, apart, obviously, from, from, from my, my talk, uh, <laughs> really looking forward to that. I'd say that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Buy Speak, and they're also on, on the first day. It's all about sort of peak choice and the power of discovery, which, which for us at Youthsite, we, we keep talking about algorithms and um, how it's replacing that sort of effort that young people used to put in to discovering trends and, and keeping themselves sort of up to date with what's going on. And I'm interested to hear, I guess, their take on that and whether they they think there's a place for AI uh, going forward. And I'm also, I guess, related to my talk, interested in um, Elizabeth Velper, who's a, an urban planner who's going to be talking about designing youth-friendly cities. We're living in, in an age where, you know, young people are finding it increasingly difficult to to buy properties. I think in, in 2017, they said that 26% of mortgages were funded by the bank of mum and dad. So uh, part of my talk is really kind of reflecting on that and whether that means that uh, as, as a generation, will they sort of be really disheartened by what they are able or not able to achieve and feel unfulfilled? Or are we looking at a generation and urban planners that are able to reimagine what it's like to live independently and what it's like to live with one another? No, I, I, I guess the uh, final, my third, I guess the third thing that I'm, I'm interested in, and, and it's a little bit of a plug for my colleague, uh, it's, um, it, she, she's going to be speaking in the HE stream on, on Trianne, um, also, but she's going to be talking about how to really maximise that, that kind of conversion and attraction for, for universities. Um, I think she's going to be opening the HE stream. So I think you guys have been really kind and managed to put us on at slightly different times. So um, I'm looking forward to kind of making a dash from the main stage over to the HE stream. Um, oh, nice, yeah, to get straight it. afterwards. Fantastic. Um, yeah. A final thought for the day to, to leave our, our listeners with. Oh, I think final thought for the day. I think that there, there's so many case studies and so many trends, as I've mentioned, that are going to be, be mentioned. I think so. Go go with an open open mind and, and just try and... Try and see how you can sort of embed some of those those ideas into your organisation, but not it doesn't have to be wholesale copy and paste. See how you can make it yours, and and, it, and I'm sure that everyone will find something beneficial from the conference. Great, Josephine, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you in April. Brilliant, look forward to seeing you too. Josephine for sharing her insights with us this morning. 
And if you'd like to hear more from Josephine and over 150 other youth marketing experts, join us this April for YMS London. Check out voxburner.com for more information and don't forget to use the code PODCAST10 for a special 10% discount. Have a great week and look forward to welcoming you back here next Monday for more youth trends from Voxburner.